Welcome to the Start Up to Something podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Matt. This is our weekly update where we share the ups and downs of building and growing our bootstrapped online businesses. And sometimes we ramble on about tech. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Yeah, great, man. How are you? Good, good. Excellent. The uh, thunderstorm is over. Yeah, you heard it too, eh? <laughs> I was hoping that it would continue during the podcast so then we could measure the distance between us based on the delay from the thunder. Oh, man, you're smart. <laughs> we could triangulate our locations. Thunderstorm days, like heavy rainy days, are always my most productive. I usually really? listen to like uh, the sounds of rain as background noise. When I oh, okay. If you haven't tried it, I really recommend it. It's it's almost like, uh, especially when you're listening to music, like listening to regular music and then putting rain behind it. It's almost like a, it's almost like a symphony. It's like you're adding like another set of instruments to to the music. It's really cool. Do you, do you mix it yourself? No, you, no. Okay. I, there's uh, there's the popular one I use is called Rainy Mood, uh, RainyMood.com, and it's just a, in a browser, and it's just like an hour long loop or ninety minute loop of a thunderstorm, um, and it's really it's really beautiful but that's it you put that on and then you play music on top of it okay that's what i meant i wasn't sure if you found a playlist that has rain behind every single track that would be sweet (laughs) (laughs) i mean i've when i used to sometimes work in a coffee shop or uh, the library i would listen to to rain because it's a nice like constant white noise because the problem with music sometimes the music gets quiet and then you hear all the noise around you and you're reminded, oh yeah, I'm surrounded by dirty apes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I also really like the, the light, like the nice uh, diffused light through the clouds. Like, it, I don't know, there's, it's a, I always feel like I'm in a better working mood when it's raining outside and I don't okay. want to be outside in the rain. Yeah, exactly. That is, that is the main reason why I get more work done is uh, I don't go for long walks with the dog so how was your week it's pretty good it was a bit stressful um working on the freelancing stuff uh i so basically where i'm at now is uh i've been working on this back tester for cryptocurrencies and we want to test a lot we want to test a lot of different combinations of things and it requires a lot of compute (laughs) in order to do that the models run relatively quickly but you still need, you know, if you want to test a lot of combinations, you need compute. So I've been going down the rabbit hole of figuring out, like, how do I do this much kind of distributed computing? Uh, it's not a specialty of mine. You know, I'm a web app developer. I don't, like, this is not something I know a lot about. <clears throat> so I've been looking at uh, Kubernetes as, as a way of kind of knowing that, all right, well, you know, if I'm going to spin up all of these nodes and I want to spin up to a maximum number of nodes, run a bunch of compute, and then when the job is done, spin them down automatically. Kubernetes is a great use case for that. I can just set up like CPU utilization as like a scale factor and then work off that. But um, I don't know Kubernetes. I have some friends that know it. So I was leaning on them a little bit to kind of like help me get through some of the gotchas. But uh, the, the cloud I know best is AWS. So I've been like, okay, well, let me give this a try. So you know, we were hosted mainly on DigitalOcean and DigitalOcean has this bizarre problem with their databases, with their hosted Postgres, where they have a very low number of maximum connections. They don't even let you tweak it. So like the base one has max like 40 connections or something like that. Um, 
I've never had a problem with database, like limited number of database connections in my life. So we hit this limit and we're like, what the hell? So it really <laughs> destroys my ability to, um, to have lots of compute running at the same time because I wanted to keep it very simple and just say, look, everything will connect to the database, read data and write data and just run in that manner. So with AWS, you have far more control and it's cheaper, far more control over the number of connections you can have. So I was like, all right, I'll move the data over to an AWS DB and then I'll work with Cube and then I can just you know, connect it into my database for my instances, whatever. And then I ran into a problem that I have never heard of before and <laughs> feel kind of stupid for not knowing about, but how, how, how would I know this? And that is CPU utilization. So I didn't realize that when you're working on shared hosting, like simple, like, you know, DigitalOcean has kind of two tiers. They have the shared hosting and then they have dedicated CPUs. Whenever you're working on shared hosting and, you know, these instances are cheap, they're like five bucks a month or something like that. Um, if you have sustained high CPU usage on their platform, they'll throttle you. <laughs> they, they just throttle you. And it, um, I don't know if I've been throttled. I don't, there's no way to know it. I guess, you know, if you assume that a job should take five hours and it takes eight hours, you could probably assume you were throttled, but I'm not aware of like an event bridge or anything like that right. that tells you you're being throttled. Um, so I was like, oh man, well that that's going to affect all of the timelines for being able to run anything. Like, how do I know if I'm throttled? So I was looking, so as, so as soon as I found out about all these throttling and CPU utilization factors, I looked around and was like, oh, all cloud providers do this. And if you want to get around it, you have to rent a dedicated CPU, basically. Right. And then your costs begin to skyrocket. Um, so I was planning to run a cube cluster just full of these small little nodes because my backtests don't actually, aren't that intensive. They're not that resource intensive. They don't need much memory. It's really just the compute. Um, so I had thought like, oh, yeah, to run a backtest is going to be quite cheap, actually. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, welcome to AWS's unlimited mode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did some investigation and it's crazy, man. Like on those small instances, like the T2 micros and smalls, if you, uh, if you, so I had to read and understand about burst computing and, and how that works and how you accrue CPU credits. Um, because like, it, it's interesting, like the more you pay, depending on the instance type, you you accrue credits at a certain percentage per day. So if there's 1,440 minutes a day and you accrue at uh, at like a 20% rate, or let's say 10% to make the numbers easier, you, you'll you get roughly two hours of compute. And then as soon as you do more, then you'll get hit with overages. And overages are more expensive than going into unlimited mode. Unlimited mode is just like the instance flips over to, to a flat rate, and then you get billed to that flat rate. But for a T2 micro, or yeah, T2 micro, that's about 1.1 cents or something like that per hour. It flips up to like five cents an hour. Uh, so it becomes very expensive because like I'm, I'm doing a lot, I have a lot of nodes. Like my cluster could have hundreds of nodes in it. Um, so all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is not cheap. Like this is, this is very not cheap. So I've been looking at different ways and means of, of you know, how can I make this cheaper? Um, right. You know, with, within a reasonable rate. Like, I don't want to just spend like days and weeks trying to like make it two percent cheaper. Like, this is not worth it. So, um, I had been told to check out AWS Lambda, and I like you know the whole serverless thing. And I when I ran the numbers originally, 
Lambda was actually far more expensive than all of the other options because of the on-demand nature of the compute. Um, but as soon as I saw the overages, I realized like, oh, serverless really is like pure compute. It's like, if you want to run a job like that, I mean, that's, that's the way to do it. Um, unless you need high, like well, the less memory you need, the better of a deal it is. And the more memory you need, the better off you are switching to something like Fargate. Um, so because I don't need much memory, actually Lambda comes out to be cheaper than everything else because these stupid overages and everything really? else. Really? Yeah. But don't they have maximum run times? The instances themselves? The, the Lambdas, like, I thought they had like a maximum. Man, it's so funny. I thought the same thing. When somebody said to me like, oh, have you thought about Lambda? And I thought that the pricing was exponential. I thought the whole point was like, you want to run in small, um, like, like small durations because the longer you run, the more expensive it'll be. But that's not true. It's linear. Uh, it's possible that they get preempted. Like maybe there is a, a limit, but oh no, yeah, there is a limit. I think it's like 200 seconds or something like that. Okay. Yeah, but that's like, it. I thought that was a maximum. Yeah, but my stuff runs in way under that. Like I, I run in way under a limit, so it's it won't be a problem for me. Okay. Um, but still, like I remember, yeah, I have like all these other different memories. It's like the Mandela effect of like me remember my memories of of Lambda. Like I, yeah, I thought the pricing was completely different than it is. Um, but yeah, now it ends up being like a much cheaper option and super scalable. So now I've got a, a much clearer way of like distributing this workload across Lambda. Okay. Um, but still, it's not cheap. So I've just been trying to... Well, it's not as cheap as I had hoped it would be. Maybe that's a better way to put it. So I've been doing some investigations there. And it just sucks because like I'm riding the line. Um, the you know, source of my stress is I'm riding the line between I want to do something to save my client money in the long term, but I also want to deliver value. Um, and it's like, how, where do you where do you find it? So the Digital Ocean must have dedicated CPU instances, they mm-hmm. but they're that much more expensive. Uh, yes. Really? Yeah. So, like, to give you an idea, on Digital Ocean, so the CPUs that I wanted to use, um, the CPUs that I wanted to use were about one point one cents an hour. And the dedicated one, right, because as soon as you move up to a dedicated DigitalOcean instance, you you get more than one CPU, which isn't really a problem. Like, I, I can run multiple pods on one server. Right. That's, that's not an issue. Um, but the smallest dedicated CPU from DigitalOcean is just under six cents a minute. Or, sorry, excuse okay. me, six cents an hour. Um, right. And to compare that with Lambda, um, Lambda is about 2.3 cents an hour. Okay. For what I need. Because Lambda allows you to, um, it's it's pure compute, but they charge you per megabyte of memory that you need. So because my, the amount of memory I need is so low that I can, I end up getting like, I won't say it's a better deal, but I, you know, the cross point of where I would actually need a server um, is, you know, I don't hit it. So just working forever inside of Lambda ends up getting a deal. Okay. So yeah, I I'd like it's so funny because I feel like oh I just learned something like I've never done I've never done like such high compute work before, um, so it's kind of interesting to be like oh that's the problem with running shared hosts because in my mind I'm like why would anybody even rent like a whatever it is six x large or you know these big instances like if why do you care like do you why not just you know run cube and run a bunch of really tiny instances or change memory or whatever it's like oh yeah I see. Mm. So 
Yeah. So now I've learned a bunch more about instances and, you know, I've also been learning about uh, Kubernetes. Um, that's been really interesting because I've been doing it on AWS and that's really wacky. It wasn't what I expected at all. Um, like, because, you know, I've, I've used a lot of AWS in the past and I understand a lot of their offerings and how the offerings kind of fit together. And what they've done is they've said like, great, we can, we'll take all of our offerings and mold them together and you'll effectively get cube by virtue of the fact that these offerings are here. So you can you still use like kubectl and everything like that, but to construct your cluster, you use this other tool. Like I'm using like three tools <laughs> to create okay. a cluster and manage it. Um, and there's some things you just can't do. Like, yeah, uh, like Amazon offers these um, the Graviton uh, processors. Uh, they're ARM processors. And I was having problems running. They're, they're, well, it seems like they're, I wanted to benchmark them because they're, Apparently, they're 30% faster for a lot of workloads, and they're 20% cheaper. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'd like to give that a try. But um, I can't run, a, uh, well, at least I couldn't figure out how to run an EKS cluster with mixed um, architecture types. Like, I wanted to run my base in my base nodes in x86 and then run my workloads in, uh, in ARM, but I couldn't. Uh, it, it tries to, like... Cube just barfs. <laughs> like none of the pods will start. Like yeah, it's just it's not even. It's a nightmare. So anyway, I learned a lot this week. It was um, unfortunately like I do. I have anything to show for it necessarily? Like not necessarily, but um, but I learned a ton. So yeah, I'm kind of in that like I'm just a, I'm a little bit stressed because I want to deliver for my value for my client, and I don't want to just like be chasing my tail. And I know I'm not. I'm just you know I'd love to be able to say like you know here's your here's your solution. Okay, uh, it's done and it's ready. But yeah, it's been a big adventure, and I learned a lot <laughs> about shared hosting and CPU usage. So yeah, that was really that was really it for me. It, it, yeah, I've been working on it all weekend, trying to play around, get it done, so I can take a break. So that means you did consulting all week long. I did it all week. Okay. Did it all week. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Yeah, um, I feel embarrassed that that's how it went down. Do, uh, do I think it was the right move? Well, I was trying to quell my own stress. And I think I helped with that because I made meaningful progress towards being in that position. Because it's like hitting this milestone is really important to me. And because it, yeah, it, it, it speaks to the value that I've provided. Um, I don't necessarily regret it um, because I'm also getting paid for my time as well. And money is always useful. But, and I'm not ashamed of it. But what's more important right now is returning to a stable pace. I've been doing, like, I've been drinking too much coffee and staying up and not sleeping well. And I've been doing a bunch of the things that I know not to do. <laughs> and that is actually more damaging than, than the consulting work, I think. Because it's creating this bad snowball effect of, of over-intensity. And, yeah, it, I lose perspective. I think that's part of the big problem. It's like I just get caught up in a problem and I lose my ability to say, oh, I know that this is important or this is, this is not important. And I made a decision. Like the decision I made was to work on consulting. And I was thinking to myself, like, can't wait for that call on Monday when Mark asks, asks me how things have been going. <laughs> and I have nothing to report because I've been stressed out about this thing. So I've been working on it. Um, but the nice thing now is because I've hit this pothole and learned, the, learned all this stuff that it simplifies the solution, if that makes sense. 
because now it's like I don't have to think about now it's like I don't have to think about lambda I don't have to think or excuse me I don't have to think about cube I don't have to think about any of that stuff it's like great I know now that this is the answer like lambda here is the answer and that's actually not that difficult to manage so I feel good about the progress that I've made unfortunately it wasn't on side projects but it wasn't on accomplishing my goal this week um, but but that's okay yeah that's okay yeah, I don't remember if we if we talked about it on the podcast or not last week, or but yeah, you were talking about you f- you feel like you need to deliver value, right? So you want you want to get the project to a certain milestone before you can feel like you can work on other things. Yeah, yeah. To to kind of speak to that a little bit, basically, like you know, I mentioned I'm building a back tester, and my back tester works and it works very well, but in order for it to really deliver a lot more value. We need to run it. Uh, we need to do a lot of experiments, and the problem now is just the infrastructure required to run those experiments. And this is you know this is not my forte. Um, so you know we're at the point now where we're, where where we're ready to scale, and I'm playing catch up in terms of my infrastructure knowledge. So that's why I'm jumping through these hoops and learning about CPU utilization and stuff. So I feel like the real the real moment is going to be when he can click that button and go run a bunch of tests and then get results for those tests. For me, that that's where I really want to be because then I can right. feel like, great, now he's, because that it, you know with the work that I've done so far, I wouldn't necessarily say that he is getting useful value. I would say that he's, he, you know, I've created an asset for him, certainly, um, but that asset truly becomes useful once he can run it in a distributed manner. And that's where I, like, that's where I want to be. I just, okay. I, yeah. Whether that's the right or wrong thing, I don't really care. <laughs> it's just that's yeah. what it's going to take for me to feel good about, okay, we're, we've hit this important milestone and you can get some value of, out of what I've produced. Because I, I would just really hate to, not, not that it would be my fault because it, it wouldn't be, but I would really hate to have my client feel like this was a wasted experiment or that he wasted money because, oh, I couldn't deliver something or... You know, I mean, this is a very difficult problem. I've had to spend a lot of time figuring out, you know, in general about a lot of things in order to, you know, build something that can that can do what he needs it to do. Um, but it would, I don't know, it would make me feel personally good if I could get him to that point. But but you will eventually get to that point, right? Absolutely, yeah. But I guess he'll feel he'll feel like a weight is lifted off your shoulders if you can get it done more quickly. Yeah, yeah. I guess part of the problem is it's always that race of you never want to. I can't believe I'm I can't even believe I'm saying this because I'm not even following my own advice but realizing that you can't let your mood or your outlook be determined by the people you serve like if the people who hire you are angry because you're what you built doesn't do x or y or it doesn't do it the way that they want it to do and they're mad about it like you can't that's not your problem like you built a thing you did a thing according to what you agreed on or the path that you decided to take you know whatever um but you can't let them ruin your day not that my client is doing that but i'm almost like <laughs> i'm almost letting him do it or i'm putting my emotions onto him and then projecting reflecting them back onto me and then like powering <laughs> being like oh no i need to i need to get to this point but i i don't know i patience is a virtue and everyone needs to have patience because i'm doing what i need to do based on what we agreed it'll be interesting to listen to this back because it sounds like I'm trying to convince myself of what I know. (laughs) But no, I think the reality here is just that, you know, you have someone who's asking you to do something 
and they're trusting your technical ability and I trust my technical ability, but I also, you know, I want this person to win. I want this person to feel vindicated that I was a great choice to hire because I am a, I am a catch and I want them to, <laughs> I want, I want this person to, to feel that way too. It is true. You are a catch. I'm a, I'm a legit snack. <laughs> But you agreed to to work how many hours a week? Like, yeah, like tw- uh, twelve to sixteen. Right, twelve to sixteen. Like I, I think I did twelve hours on Saturday, like in one day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's twelve hours a day that you agreed upon. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I d- I don't know don't know what to say. Like, like you're definitely capable of doing this, and and if you agreed that. You know, you'll work 12 to 16 hours a week on it, and it will take the time that it will take. Like, mm-hmm. that that's what it was agreed upon. And, and if he's not happy, as long as you were you were keeping up your side of the, the deal, like, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Like, it's like, okay, he's happy. He was, he was hoping it would be faster, but he, he doesn't know what 16 hours of dev looks like. Like, what can you produce in 16 hours of dev? Yeah. He has no idea. And he, as well, like he hired the person he hired. Like maybe, yeah. maybe sixteen hours for you looks very different from sixteen hours for me. And exactly, and that's that's it is what it is. Like it, it doesn't matter because I'm the one that you hired. So yeah, and you were very honest that you've never done back testing and mm-hmm. like you, you've never built this kind of system. Like, yeah, but it didn't matter, like because you that was that wasn't the problem, like that. You were able to build what he needed. It's funny because, like, we're talking here and, like, I really like this guy. Like, (laughs) you know, like, we have a great relationship. And it's funny because, like, the way I'm thinking about it, it's almost like I'm demonizing him. But I'm really, like, but the way I'm thinking about it is I'm taking my own emotions and I'm, like, I mean, this is is a problem I have. I, I take my anger and I give it to other people. And I think, and then I think that they're angry at me or like that the default is that they're angry at me and this yeah, is a very exactly. poisonous it's a very poisonous you're, cycle you're just you're just projecting like he yeah he has not expressed any of this no he's he's totally happy with everything like sure everybody wants things to move faster but he never once has been like oh i'm like math's too slow or math's no good or his work is subpar or anything like that um it's just my own insecurities <laughs> i'm just giving to other people <laughs> So yeah, so that's why I, I don't know what to say. Like it's, yeah. I think I think it would be fine. It's fine either way. Like either you stick to what you had, just, you had agreed upon. Like you know, I'm only gonna work this many hours, and it, so it will take longer before we reach that milestone, and then you can work on your side projects, or you try to get it over with. Like put in extra time to reach that milestone quicker, but then. It, at least you'll know that after that you'll have a lot more free time to work on your side project. Yeah. So I think either way, either way is fine. But, but yeah, I do think you are projecting here. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Know. Yeah, this is a very, um, it's common. I don't, I don't know. This is something I, you know, this is a, a movie that I'm very familiar with <laughs> that I <laughs> replay over and over every every place I go, every every work I do. It's uh, yeah. Right now, I've just been focusing mostly on the emotions that I have of just realizing, okay, I'm feeling feeling some anxiety. My body is telling me that I'm feeling anxiety. 
and I'm doing all of the things that I know I shouldn't do. Like I'm giving in to kind of that anxiety of, well, have a little more coffee. Oh, you can stay up a little bit later. That's fine. <laughs> like I'm all these negative, negative things. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's, 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 that's what I've been up to. I mean, yeah, like I, I know what I, I can point out all the reasons that it's bad or wrong, but that's really what, where I'm at currently. And I think, I mean, I think I'll feel a lot better once I've delivered this thing. And I have to make a promise to myself in order to do it. Because if I don't, I'll never make any project, uh, progress on side projects. Right. On projects. I need to stop calling them side projects because I'm an entrepreneur <laughs> first. I'm a freelancer second. This is, this is a side, the, the freelancing is a side gig. The okay. project work is the, is the burger. Well, the, the hours need to, pr- to reflect that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. My behavior needs to, needs to change. So enough about me. How about you? <laughs> What's uh, how was your week? What's been going on? Yeah, so um, yeah, it's a mix mix of stuff. Uh, so I, I I hadn't announced it on the podcast, but I did apply to Tiny Seed mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, Tiny Seed is is it's like it's a fund for basically the type of businesses that that in, us indie hackers bootstrappers build right so you build a business without any investors and they will they will invest a small amount in these these businesses to for a percentage of the equity it's pretty pretty good terms but the best part is you get access to this network of of people that have a lot of experience in in those industries so yeah so i i applied to it and uh I put very little energy into the application. <laughs> like I, I, I filled up only the fields that were mandatory. Anything that was optional, I just left blank. I was like, like I, I, I don't need the money. So I wasn't, you know, I didn't want to feel like I was begging for money. Like I, I don't need this money. I've been bootstrapping this whole time and I'm doing fine. So, but I wanted access to this network of, of people. Yeah. I wanted to join this this family, basically. Totally. So so yeah. So this week I got the got the rejection letter, mm-hmm. and uh, it was quite disappointing because the rejection letter was was just a boilerplate. It was basically we got too many applicants this year, and uh, we can't provide any personalized um, reasons why you were rejected. And typically, so the expectation was that they would tell you why you were rejected. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm pretty sure I remember when I filled out the application, it was all like, yeah, like each each application. You will be contacted personally, like whether you're accepted or rejected. This did not feel personal. Like this just felt like <laughs> just a boilerplate. Like, oh, we've got too many applicants. Yeah. So fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's totally a joke. Like I, I love Rob Wallen. Like it, his his book and his podcast is the reason why I'm an indie hacker. Like like um, there's no hard feelings at all. <laughs> and and I know I didn't put much effort into it. So like you know I didn't try to to sell myself. Right. I, I was just curious. Like hey, is this the, the kind of business that I just built? Is this the kind of business they invest in? Let's find out. Right. Unfortunately, I didn't get the answer. To that question, I don't know if if it's the business, if it's me, if it's the yeah. industry that I'm in, if it's, you know, like any feedback would have been nice. Like, I mean, just can to you get fo- an idea. Can you follow up? 
could you yeah I, I guess like, hey, I could I guess I could I mean but but the, I mean the the reason for not giving personal feedback is that they got too many applicants so maybe if I respond then they will make an effort but yeah I bet like I wonder how many people will just take the take the L and like walk away and how many people are like hey thanks a lot but right. can you make an exception yeah exactly I'm sure that's it the squeaky wheel gets the grease right yeah, yeah. so like I, I, I was uh, I was actually this is a small tangent but I was I was at my sister's house uh, for first time that my sister my brother and my stepbrother were all together in like years wow like, know, maybe six years so so yeah so I was like I, I just saw the subject and I clicked on the email and then huh fuck I got rejected huh so then I didn't know how I felt about it but I just mm-hmm. you know put it aside and just went back to to socializing with the right. family and it's only like the next day like when I reread my emails then like how do I feel about this <laughs> am I angry am I sad am I and yeah I was like no I'm actually that, that's actually one of the outcomes that I wanted was just to be rejected <laughs> because well, I was hoping I'd get some feedback but uh, also it was like it would force me to to actually now really invest in the business myself because I'm, I've, I've been bootstrapping for ten years, so it's always been my own money that I invest in these businesses, and I've been able to make a living from it. So it's, you know, it's profitable. Mm-hmm. But I've never, you know, made a big bet on on one of the businesses where, like, okay, I'm gonna take a, a big chunk of my savings now and I'm gonna spend it on this business to really grow it. Right. I've never done that before, so now it makes me, you know, question whether whether I should do it or not because mm. I could just take the revenue that I have from it now and just spend it but uh, I think if I invested extra money I could I could maybe make a bigger impact by like I, I would really love to hire uh, a content marketing person right like I really feel that's that's the one thing I don't have and I I'm trying to do content marketing myself but I I'm not efficient at it and I'm spread out too thinly like it it would really help what would a content marketing person look like? I mean, um, the best scenario would be it's someone that already has a following on YouTube that's already doing tutorials in the no-code space and uh, they could start making more builds in public using Power Importer. So that would be the best scenario. The second best would be I, I just find someone who, who can do the job but doesn't have a following and that they, they build a personal brand being uh, like a, an ambassador of Power Importer. Right. So in that case, yeah, I, I just pay per video and, and basically I'm, I'm just paying for the production of the videos. And then I'm, I probably release them on my own channel. And right. So yeah, I, but I, I mean, that's really the, the top of like the assembly line of content. Sure. <laughs> like someone that making videos of building things with Power Importer. But of course, I would like it to to drip into each channel as different things. So, you know, that content be repurposed as uh, Twitter threads and uh, as blog posts on my on my site for SEO purposes and monitor forums for people that might have questions about that these videos could answer. Right. I'm so just one... Go ahead. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, 
it feels like the um, I guess it's hard to know like to go on indie hackers and see how many people are serious versus just wannabes or whatever but I wonder how many people because I mean no code is so hot right now do you think there are people out there that have followings that are willing to be paid to create content sorry could you repeat uh, you yeah, cut like, out a little bit there oh, sorry um like on indie hackers for example or anywhere else are there people out in the community who are working in the no code space that are already producing content like this that might take you know effectively sponsorship of like hey come up with a bunch of spawns build a bunch of stuff with Airtable and and power importer and see what happens like I, I don't know like i wonder what that would cost i wonder if those i mean those people must exist right yeah yeah i mean there's definitely a few people that i've identified on on youtube mostly right uh, but some of them i don't know like it's 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 hard like if they have a too big of a following i don't think they'll be interested um but yeah there's definitely people out there that's that's one of my goals for this month is at least to start reaching out to putting some feelers out there yeah because it'll be interesting to see i mean even the people with followings it'll be interesting to see what they would charge for one video or a series of videos and how long it takes to put something like that together yeah or somebody who's who has no following and might be interested in doing something like this and some kind of partnership or or just straight up being hired yeah because yeah i also thought about just listing like a, a job posting out there for it like and basically the interview process would be to generate a small tutorial so you know you know generate a, sh a short 5 minute tutorial of you building a, a job board with power and border and if i if i decide to use the actual video i will pay you for it so you know so already they know that if the videos if i want to use the video i will pay for it and otherwise yeah i'll pay for so much per video if we agree to work together because I figured it's it's the best way to to see the finished product right away, right? Yeah. Like, how do you sound on video, or what are your editing capabilities? Because it seems kind of hard to like to post something on Upwork, let's say. Yeah, yeah. This is a very interesting problem. This is <laughs> I'm I'm just going over and over in my mind of just like how can you pull people together, or yeah, because it's. It's very interesting to think like because you need somebody who has the ability to build first of all yeah because exactly even if they don't even if their voice isn't right or they're not giving you what you want it's like could they produce a script of some kind that you could then pay another freelancer who does like voiceover work oh my on, yeah, i don't know about that <laughs> on fiverr well i'm just like I, i'm i'm just thinking like I mean, oh, at this point, these are all like plan B, plan C, plan D. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, that candidate that you're thinking about might be out there. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that would be the easiest solution. Like someone that can do the whole thing. Like, you know, I, I could come up with ideas. Like, can you can you build a job board? Can you build a marketplace? Can you build a, a real estate listing like, business? You know, I could come up with these ideas for scenarios. I could even, you know do some of the building a bit it's just the structure at least of the cms and the air table uh, but then i just need someone to to build it in webflow and to to uh yeah to do it publicly in a video not necessarily like this 
designing from scratch like like I'm I'm not talking about like an hour long live stream or something like that like, but more just show like the finish how the finished product was built right right I see so maybe start with the finished product and then break it into its pieces and describing each piece and what each piece looks like and that sort of thing to see how it all gets strung together yeah and then and then allowing anyone that viewed the video to be able to clone each part so clone the webflow project the Airtable base and the power importer workflow so like you watch the video you see how it was built you can clone it and and you know hit the ground running right away with a working prototype and then you can make it evolve yourself so that's yeah that's the idea which kind of leads me to my secret side project oh it's time <laughs> it's time because that that was my my big vision for the marketing like that's that's the direction i want to go in mm-hmm. um and i've i already had one designer like make one make a a webflow project with an airtable base that kind of demonstrates you know like uh, how easy it is to build with power importer but there was a missing piece and that missing piece was like membership like the ability for users to sign up to the site um you know let's say it's a job board right like the, the person who signs up would be an employer so they they sign up and then they can post jobs so there are solutions out there for membership in the no code space you know there's member stack and member space but but then you get you fall back into having to build all this Zapier plumbing to to get the data into Airtable so that Power Importer can take it and put it into Webflow. So the same reason I created Power Importer in the first place was to save people from all that trouble of having to create all these Zapiers to to sync the data. Right. So I I decided well I should build. A, a membership module that that does the same thing like it, it does the putting a login wall to to your site but also whenever you want to insert stuff into Airtable it will enforce that people sign up first and then when it creates the record in Airtable it will it will also link it to your profile so then yeah so that's why I decided to build it I was thinking it's like that, that one missing piece if I want to be able to have these these projects where someone makes a video of like, here I built this project, it's fully functional, like no code site that someone can just clone and mm-hmm. and start from there. Then that was the missing part. The membership was the missing part for a lot of these sites. Right. So how does it work? So yeah, so I so right now I have a proof of concept that works where it's just a JavaScript snippet that you add to your site. Um, and then whenever you want to you want a registered user to fill out a form well they have to register first so that my script will generate a pop-up so that they can register right there that's just over your website and then once they're once they're registered well then there's a cookie that detects that now this user right now is registered and it creates an Airtable record for that user okay so now they're in Airtable and now whatever forms that you have that you want them to be able to fill out well my my javascript will basically intercept that form and will create the record airtable but also link it 
to that user account in Airtable. Right. So it allows you to have all these records linked directly in Airtable. Very cool. And then using Power Importer, you can easily then do whatever you want with that data to publish it onto Webflow. So if you want to create you know, a dashboard for every user, well, then you just have to take the user table and you could create formulas in Airtable to have uh, you know, the total number of records they own or whatever you want. Right. And then just have it synced to Webflow. And using this membership service, you'll also be able to, to fetch in real time the, the data for one user. Nice. Yeah. So the yeah, so I mean I was I was able to go pretty far with the proof of concept. Like it all works. Like you just have to put in your Airtable API key and then I pulled out your tables and then you can say, Well, this is the permission for this table. Like I want to generate a form so people can insert stuff into this table. Mm-hmm. But they have to be logged in and then I and then I control the whole f- forcing people to log in. Right. And to so, yeah. in terms of JavaScript snippets, you can just add a snippet through like the Webflow designer, for example? Yeah, exactly. Nice. So yeah, so at first I thought maybe this should just be part of Power Importer mm-hmm. um, because it, it, it will be tightly integrated with Power Importer. Mm-hmm. But um, but then I realized that there's no reason why this service should only, only be limited to Webflow. Like anybody who has an Airtable that drives their business and they want people to be able to add stuff to it, but they have to register first. Right. Like, the, this is a perfect solution for them. Mm. Like, like like I said, there are other solutions out there, but then you have to write like a dozen different zaps in order to, to synchronize the data. Totally. And, and then you have all the same problems that people were having when they were trying to sync Airtable to Webflow. Like, everybody is just reinventing the wheel each time. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I created this, like, cookie cutter solution that just works yeah i mean it makes perfect sense i mean you know we've talked about this a little bit like you know if you're going to pop up a zap you kind of have to be a programmer effectively like yeah it, they're they're not sure it, it delivers i guess it delivers on the promise of making things easy or making things simple but it's not easy to to create to, to do all of this stuff if you're not technical. yeah i like the easiest thing you can do is just when a new Airtable record is created to like go create a Webflow record, right? That that is the the easy as easy as it gets. But what happens after a thousand records when you change your mind about the data? You say, oh, you know what? I want I want now people to add a phone number also. Well, how are you gonna? If you add all the phone numbers in Airtable, how are you gonna update all your records in Webflow? Yeah. Like that, and that's when it gets super complicated. Now. Zapier just doesn't cut it anymore. You have to use another tool and you have to, yeah, you have, then it becomes so complex. You have to know how to program. There's a, (laughs) sure you do it visually, but you're still programming. Yeah. Now there's a ton of, there's a, just like you say, there's a ton of use cases around this that, I mean, yeah, like if you're, if you're going whole hog on Zapier, then great. Like, and and you're equipped to use it, then that's, maybe that's the right tool for you. Um, But if you're not, then this seems like a great, this seems like a great way to get what you want. That's very cool. And yeah, you can apply it to anything really because it's it's not about Webflow. It's about Airtable and a Java. As long as you can drop a JavaScript snippet into something. Exactly. Then you're, so if you're, you're, using, you're using Card or using Wix or oh, wow. WordPress even, it doesn't matter. Like If your backend is Airtable and you want to control who can add stuff to it or, or edit stuff, then it's, uh, it's going to be the solution for you. Awesome. 
does um, do member stack support? Do they only support Webflow sites? Do they support other sites as well? Oh no, they support other sites. Okay. And and because Webflow announced that they will be releasing a membership module at the end of the year, like they are, I think they're backing off a bit. They're yeah. diversifying, and as as is member space also. Like they are trying to be generic solutions for everyone. Right. Um, but I'm 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 still I still believe in this stack, like the web stack. <laughs> Love it. Like there's so many people like that. A lot of people call it the AW, what is it? The Z. AWZ yeah. stack, right? What a horrible name. <laughs> so I want, you know, like it's such a popular stack, but I think the Z is the problem. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to build this little ecosystem where like that's that's the stack to go with. Airtable is your back end, Webflow is your front end, but then all the other extra stuff you need in between, like let's simplify it. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So yeah. is the site up now? How, how can people uh, sign up or get in touch with you? No, not yet. Well, by the time this airs, yes. Okay. <laughs> but what I've been doing last week was was building the site in Webflow, first okay. of all. Like, it was the, my, fir- my first time really building something that I will release in Webflow. That was a whole experience in itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I decided to go with a template because my design skills suck, um, but yeah, it's it's I mean it's so much easier to just write HTML and CSS when you know how. Yeah, it's like Webflow is so mouse intensive. Like it's like everything is is a click. Yeah. So you want to add, you know, you want to easily add padding to a section. Well, then it's like that's that's going to be four clicks. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like. Yeah, it's it's and it's a minimum four clicks. You got to click on the on the on the side that you want to add the padding. Then you got to click on how much padding you want to add. So yeah, it just it feels like I have a handicap when I use Webflow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my my point was that I I wanted to build it in Webflow because I wanted to sign up form to sign up for the for the private beta. Okay. I, I want that to actually use my member row prototype. Uh-huh. Okay. And are you there? Well, I mean, it'll be live by... by yeah, the time exactly. The yeah, no, it, it, I'm pretty much there. It's just uh, just some final tweaks, make sure that, that it works. Okay. So now the next most important part is marketing for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how... Have you how have you been doing with it so far? Like, have you been talking to current Power Importer customers... Um, yeah, what are you, what are yeah. you thinking? No, I've only sp- I've only spoken to maybe two people about it. Okay, and it and it really was I wouldn't even call it like a customer interview. It was really um, it was very informal, and I didn't really didn't really plan for it. It was just putting out some feelers out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but once it's once the sub the site is up, then I will have a lot more structured like uh, customer interviews. Right, where I'm trying to. To test, you know, hypotheses and ha- have questions that I want answers to, and right. see if I'm see if I'm heading in the right direction. Cool. Because right now it's it's more a gut feeling that it's it's going to be a useful tool. Mm-hmm. You know, be- like I was saying, my my marketing strategy is going to be to make videos of of like these typical sites that people are building with mm-hmm. Webflow and Airtable, but um, where each part can be clonable though. So right. if you can 
if you can clone the web the power importer workflow and now you can also clone the membership module so like you'll be up and running in minutes so that that's the idea is like let's let's really focus on this stack but make it really easy for people to to be up and running and yeah so i knew that i knew it was the missing part for this stack like i knew that that's that's what was missing for a while i thought maybe i could even contact these membership service providers and ask them if they could make them clonable and and then i could make a tight integration of power importer and yeah. um but then it was like you know what it's it'll be probably simpler to, for me to just build it right <laughs> like if somebody's already using member stack and zapier it's like they're most likely not going to convert their site to me anyways but for their next build maybe they will they will start from from a base you know that's been built by by me or a contact marketer totally yeah i mean we've talked about this a little bit offline but like the idea of a clonable is extremely powerful like yeah. that is i mean that's that's so interesting to think about like hey i built this and you can have it because i mean that's like the the nature of all this right like we're building content market like it feels like its own content marketing machine of yeah. the fact that you know we're so open about what we can build and creating templates and giving templates to people that they can clone and all of this stuff like exactly let's go the whole hog why not or like yeah i'll hang out on reddit or another forum and you know you'll see someone oh i want to build the job board like what should i use to build it mm-hmm. right and sometimes people say well you that's too complex for Webflow. You should use Bubble, mm-hmm. you know. But but you're not helping them. Like they still they still have to build it all from scratch, right? Yeah. Right. Or or there are some solutions like Softer that they might have a job board template. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, but then you you trade in flexibility. Like now you don't have full design control and functionality control. You're pretty much locked in. Mm-hmm. So really. If I can provide in in those scenarios, if I can just say, "Hey, you want to build a job board? You know, go check out this template here. Like, the, the whole thing is clonable. Like, yeah. it comes with membership, it comes with an Airtable backend. Uh, you, so you can define your own filters. You can decide your own business rules. Like, when do jobs appear on, and when do they disappear? And, and all the syncing is all taken care of by Power Importer. Like that. That's that's the idea." is to be able to, to jump into all those forums whenever someone says, how do you build X? And say, well, here's an X that you can clone. Yeah, here's a great place for you to start. And it's just like the answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's content marketing at its best. Just like, here yeah. it is. Here it is. You, you can kick the kick the tires. And, and if you want to make it evolve, then, then yeah, that's the beauty of the no-code tool is that, yeah, it's Webflow. So you can change the look and feel. And the back end is Airtable, so you can change the filters, you can add columns, you can add formulas, look up fields. Yeah. This is very exciting. So now yeah. you've launched this product, um, or what you you know, you're launching it. Uh, thought about marketing, have you thought about pricing at all? Actually, no, I haven't thought of pricing. Okay. I mean, all the other tools are very comparable. It's like a monthly fee, and then they take a percentage of all membership fees that they collect okay. on behalf of their clients. Okay. So yes, all of them have Stripe integration, which of course my proof of concept doesn't have yet, but but it's going to be easy to add. I'm just sure. So yeah, I don't know. Do I price it the same, or do I? Yeah, I mean, one thing for sure is I'm not going to underprice it. 
because because uh, yeah, I know how much support is involved with these no code tools now. So I know that you you can't charge nine bucks a month. No. Yeah, especially for something like I don't know, because this feels um, a little finicky. Like it's it's going to be a situation where people have an existing thing and then they want to put your thing into their thing, and it's like, oh, but this one case doesn't work, or I'm having trouble with this. Like it it feels a little scary <laughs> in terms of yeah. the support, but but I don't know. I mean, like what you say is pretty simple because it's if you if you've taken care of the wiring or the plumbing, like you say, then it's like. You know, it's pretty simple of this page is protected. This page is not protected. You need to log in. You're logged in. You're good. Maybe it'll be fine. Yeah, it might. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure. Yeah, the pricing, it'll be comparable. Um, some of them charge a really big percentage of, of revenue. Okay. And I don't know. Somehow that f- that feels wrong. So I, don't, I mean, f- the, for sure, I want, I want you to be able to clone it all and run it like... Uh, for free up to a certain level. Yeah. Like right now, Power Importer is free if you're hosting on a Webflow subdomain. Right. So I want a bit the same kind of scenario where, yeah, you can run it all on the subdomain if you want it for free up to, you know, so many user registrations, let's say, or put some limits. But uh, yeah, at the high end of the, the pricing, I, I don't know how I feel about a, a percentage of revenue. I don't know, we'll see. I mean, my goal, my goal is to, to help people be go be up and running quickly when they want to build a new business, right? And that is certainly yeah, <laughs> that's certainly so can't be, achieved, achievable yeah. from what you've talked about. And it can't be too expensive, like to achieve that. Yeah. So, but then once you have a business that has traction, then yeah, you got to pay. You got to pay for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things that sounds very interesting about these membership sites. That the potential clients, or at least the ideal clients. Are people who kind of have traction you know, you're in a position now where you need user registration because there's something that you want to unlock for someone it's like well you should be generating revenue in that case i would think yeah exactly this is very exciting yeah no it's uh yeah i'm excited about it also and like that's it it's uh it's it's nice that it's not a secret anymore because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was annoying to be so vague all the time yeah but also, it, it shows that it, I'm, you know, I'm not putting Power Importer aside. Like this is not like, oh, I've, I'm done with Power Importer and it's on the back burner now, and I'm building something new. It's no. The whole point is that this this is synergy. The two go together. Yeah. Like it's all for people that are on this stack of using Airtable as your back end and Webflow as the front end. And this is the missing piece. That's what was missing. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think. What you're doing, you're creating an, in, an ecosystem of simplification, right? and that's valuable. There's tons of value in that, as already demonstrated by Power. Yeah. So that's the vision. Sweet. That's that's the big vision. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. <laughs> so that's what uh, Tiny Seed is missing out on. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> what were you thinking? So what is next for you? So you'll launch, you'll do your beta launch, you'll get your site up, and then what's the immediate next step? It's talking to people. Okay. So so I might I might start emailing my mailing list. Okay. Your customer because, mailing list? Yeah, exactly. Because so many of them are already using a membership service or they're, 
they're thinking of adding one and right. they're overwhelmed by by how hard it's going to be right but i mean the goal is to talk to people who are building on this stack so yeah. i have a mailing list of people that are building on this stack you have the list in fact <laughs> yes exactly so yeah so my goal would be to to schedule some calls and start talking to people amazing and uh yeah do it in a in a structured way though mm-hmm. like at the uh the mom test yeah kind of way or maybe i need to buy uh michelle's book yeah speed read it before <laughs> scheduling calls but she has scripts and everything in there for oh, yeah? yeah so might be might be worth your time plus supporting her is great the, yeah she's a wonderful person in software social is a fantastic show yeah and otherwise like honestly i'm building it for myself also because <laughs> there's so many side projects that i've built where like i mean last week i was complaining about starting a new rails project like each time i build a new rails project i reintegrate the device gem which takes care of authentication and authorization but each time like things have changed yeah so it takes me a whole day like but now with this membership module like i'm gonna actually use it for all my side projects Sweet. it's like no no from now on i'm that's what i'm gonna use so yeah, i can put something up quickly collect emails eventually have people sign in and yeah that's a great point just being able to drop in some javascript and be like done <laughs> i've given i've given this responsibility exactly. to somebody else yeah who happens to be me but yeah <laughs> <laughs> have you met mark <laughs> damn now i have vendor lock-in with mark yeah oh what an asshole <laughs> vendor lock-in but yeah uh, I mean that was another thing that was I was kind of in limbo waiting for the tiny seed answer because I was like like what do I do with this new service like is it part of the acquisition or not or yeah it was it was yeah I was really stuck in limbo I was like what's (laughs) what direction am I going in right like is you know are they going to want this to be part of Power Importer so so then it shouldn't have its own branding or it just wasn't clear. Yeah. And there was also in the wording on the website, I think they strongly encourage you to incorporate in the US for the product. Oh really? Yeah. It makes it easier for to to split up the equity and that sounds um, horrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That was like uh, I don't know if I wanna do that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, because I know that they handle uh, Canada and the US and maybe the UK? Yeah, I mean, it's you talk about uh, Tiny Seed or Stripe? Or? Uh, uh, Tiny Seed. Okay. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's it. In the application, they said if you're already incorporated in North America, we can probably like find a solution. Okay. But if you're in Europe, no, they, they really, they said they've had too many bad experiences. They really insist that you incorporate in the US. Yeah, okay. Like, I mean, incorporating is easy with Stripe Atlas. Like, mm. you know, they just do it for you. Yeah. But then you got to, you know, you got to have an accountant yep. in the U.S. And, and you have to, who you have to pay USD to. Just, yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. It's like, that. that's kind of headache I didn't want. Yeah. But no, I, I was willing to put up with it for, for access to the network. Totally. And, but good riddance. <laughs> Not better at all. Not at all. No, honestly, I'm just joking. I'm not bitter. Yeah. 
I had a moment where I was there. I don't know how I feel about this. And then, no, this is actually what I wanted. <laughs> it's a relief. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Having a, uh, having a small explanation or just a little bit of feedback of what's going on would be real interesting. Yeah. Kind of gives you a peek under the covers of what they value or what they're interested in. Just things like that. Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. I should, I should reply and ask. Tracy, what did I do wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why don't you love me? <laughs> That's it. I'm not listening to the podcast anymore. Yeah. You've lost me as a fan. You're dead to me, Rob Wally. <laughs> I am burning your ebook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hashtag canceled. Yeah, that's it. I was, someone was, I, I was always on the fence about signing up and someone told me, like, yeah, you should do it. Like, it's totally worth it. So the way I saw it as well, yeah, it costs nothing to sign up. So why not? Well, there's there's other ones too. Like, there's not just Tiny Seed. There's like, Calm used to be earn, it, Earnest Capital or Calm. Yeah, Earnest Capital. Yeah. I think it's Calm Fund now. Yeah. I'm not sure. Well, it's Calm something. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if, if it is something you're interested in, I've heard great things about them too. But always, yeah, yeah, so have I. I've heard heard they're really good. But uh, but no, I've I, I don't I don't want to pursue this anymore. Okay. I never really wanted to pursue it. Mm. It was more like, why not? Okay. It's free, and and the and the form is super easy to fill out. You know, it's it's really just describe the business in a few sentences and and your numbers. Okay. MRR churn uh, number of customers uh, average revenue per customer like it's just it's just numbers yeah so it really was no troubles to fill out okay but uh yeah i, I looked a bit at the earnest capital one and that one seems a bit more thorough like a big application okay and it's like nah no thanks <laughs> like i said i don't i don't need the money like yeah um i i enjoy bootstrapping and and you know I can make a living from it, so so that's it. Cool. Yeah, that's it for me too. Don't have anything else. In that case, I guess I'll catch you next week. Yep. Excellent. All right. Talk to you next week. See you later.